0: My fear is that the longer that we break from the normal paces of life, the greater the risk grows of spiritual complacency and atrophy. I'm not necessarily worried about this because uh, of our intentions or because of what we mean to do. Because I, I seriously doubt that most at LCPC would purposefully take their focus off God. I do fear this danger because in routines, when it is easier and easier to let our minds sit idle, to let our thoughts become wandering, and and to let our practices get sloppy, we find ourselves accidentally slipping into complacency and neglect. And my goal this evening is to call us to purpose. We have not had a shortage of calls not to waste our quarantine uh, across various aspects of life. Many companies have provided special offers to help people in this time to read more, to catch up on television, that kind of thing, uh, as, as we're in isolation and we want to occupy our minds. But my challenge to all of us tonight is that we, as Christians, don't come out of this quarantine all right. That we don't come out of this having just read more superfluous books. That we don't come out of this caught up on binge-worthy television. I hope we come out of this spiritually strong. Not even that. Spiritually stronger. I hope that we can make good use of this for our walk with God. Psalm 25 teaches us about how so much of the Christian life is striving for God in prayer and in holiness. There may be initial reaction to that, uh, that there are all matters of assurance and need that we have. And Certainly, you know that I will affirm, we are made right with God because of Jesus Christ's work by grace alone, through faith alone. Certainly we continue in the Christian life in the same way, but we long to be closer to our God. We can never leave those premises of Christ, grace, faith. That's it, full stop, unqualified. But we must strive after God. Christians are people who long to know their deliverer and walk with him in settled holiness. And so then Psalm 25 models that for us. We don't know the background to why David wrote this psalm, since nothing here points directly to a, to a context that we know from Scripture. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew of this text, each stanza of the psalm opens with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, so the first stanza begins with a word that started with the Hebrew equivalent of A, the second stanza started with a word beginning with the hebrew b and so on and in light of that abc's structure some have suggested that david wrote this psalm as a model prayer as a prayer for teaching us to pray and i think that's right i think god put this psalm in our bibles to demonstrate for us some principles of prayer and i want to reflect on this psalm as a as a way to prompt us to speak more earnestly to God and to care more deeply for holiness. I hope that we in our times now that we have in our homes will learn new strength in these areas. I hope rather than spiritual complacency or atrophy that we experience a time of strengthening in prayer and in progress. Those are the concerns I want us to see in Psalm 25. And before we turn directly to the content of this psalm, I want to point out that in it, David approaches God repeatedly for the primary needs that we all have, the salvation from sin, help for holiness, and our daily bread. To make a big deal out of the obvious took these matters to God in prayer. So then, Christian, are you wrestling with sin? Is isolation leading you into any sort of temptation? Have you neglected God or become indifferent and non-conversant with your family or friends? Are you letting More time alone lets you fester in anger, bitterness, or discontent? Are you letting time alone lead you into other forms of immorality or impure laziness? Take those things to God in prayer and ask for forgiveness. Are you struggling to keep a pattern of spiritual vitality? Are you finding yourself uninterested in seeing more of God as the days drift into other days? Then take that to God in prayer and ask him to teach you his ways, as David did in this psalm full of earnestness. Do you have concrete worldly needs? Certainly each of us do. David prayed about his surrounding foes, which was, such a common theme in the ancient Near East, especially for a king. Are you sitting there, right now even, worried about these things? Take them to God in prayer and ask for his provision. This psalm, by its very nature, underscores the Christians' need to pray. I, I hope we grow In prayer, I hope we see that the three major needs of our life, forgiveness, holiness, and provision, are matters of prayer, and we need to take them to God in prayer. So we've seen the first of my emphases uh, is is on the need to pray for prayer. Um, As we turn to the content of this psalm, I want to point out that the running theme uh, in this psalm is of David seeking for God to forgive and for God to teach. Now, that's my second emphasis on on the need for progress, prayer and progress. Uh, I like, for this psalm, how Dale Ralph Davis, in his little book on Psalm 25 to 37, divided this psalm into three sections First, about petitions in verses 1 to 7, wherein David sought God's mercy in providing his worldly needs. Second, about provisions in verses 8 to 14. David needed direction and forgiveness, verses 8 to 11, and assurance and friendship, verses 12 to 14. And then third, David wrote about pressures in his afflictions and troubles, verses 15 to 22. Each of these sections would be worth exploring at length, but I don't have enough time to do that in one of these short devotional videos. I want to highlight, though, how that emphasis for progress in holiness is laced throughout each of these sections. So keep your Bible open, keep it ready uh, to consult as i as I push through this psalm, David opened it with a with a declaration of of trust to you, O Lord, I lift m- up my soul, O my God, and you I trust He gives his soul over to God. Prayer acknowledges that in the midst of our need, we can depend only on God. You may not have enemies around you, but you may need work. You may need help with your family. You may need relief from isolation. As David expressed his need, he cried out to God that God would teach him. We have to learn to depend on God. We don't like that. We we want to be able to do it, to be able to handle it. We need God to teach us to be stronger in trust. We need Deeper holiness, progress in trust. And that prompts David to appeal f- to God's mercy for forgiveness. Anytime we think clearly about our need for growth, we should be provoked to repent of our sins. But then that whole second section of This psalm in verses 8 to 14 emphasizes the desire to be taught by God. Verses 8 to 10. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right. He teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. For those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Christian, seek God for instruction. You are in God's covenant. Seek after him. And again, as we seek God for progress in holiness, we are again reminded of our need for forgiveness in verses 11 to 14. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. We appeal to God's glory for your name's sake, because he is magnified in his faithfulness to his promises and in his grace to his people and in his provision for us. We need pardon because our guilt is great. Pardon my guilt for, because it is great. I wonder if you think that way. Sometimes I I think we are more inclined to think that Christians ask for forgiveness for small, lingering sins. David said the opposite. God, I'm coming to you crying out for pardon Not because I have piddly little sins, but because I am wretched. My sins are huge. I need grace, and only divine grace will do. Hang on to that line, Christian. Memorize it. Recite it. Call to God for grace. David, again, calls to God for help in verses 15 to 22. We are people who wait for God to look upon us in grace. We end, as always, with the cry that God would redeem his Israel. And of course, the church is, as Paul says in Galatians 6, the Israel of God. Christian, I I hope that Psalm 25 re-energizes you for prayer and for progress. I hope that this prompts you to seek God in new earnestness, chase after God, grasp onto him to teach you. We know that he will, don't we? We do not have to sneak timidly to God's throne as we cry out for pardon. We we fling ourselves at his feet in open lament over our sin, not making any defenses, but fully repenting and desiring grace. We can do that because Christ stands in heaven as our advocate. He won our forgiveness by his cross. He poured out his blood so that God's elect can never be rejected. He stands in heaven in our flesh as a pledge that those who are joined to him by faith will join him there for eternity. Christ bears our prayers to the Father, and so we should be anxious to make those prayers. Christ sends his Spirit whom he won as the reward of the new creation by his perfect obedience in the economy of grace. He sends that spirit into our hearts that we would never be alone. Maybe you feel alone right now. You're not if you are a Christian. Christ dwells in you by faith. We find our progress. We find our motivation for prayer in Christ. We find our progress by walking in Christ, by the Spirit. I hope that I've encouraged you and energized you from Psalm 25. I also hope that I've challenged you. It can be easy to let ourselves drift in this time. I know that, and I am praying for you, Christian, that that does not happen. I want us to come out of this stronger. As this video ends, you, Stop and pray. Don't leave this as a a good thought for tomorrow. Start right now. Pray on your own if you are watching alone. Pray with the others watching with you. Do not wait. Pray. It's always easy to let it linger for tomorrow. I'll start that next week. I'll have a routine of prayer and worship, commitment to holiness, soon. Don't do that. Pray now, seek God, because Christ has earned your right to be heard in heaven.